Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Competitive Enablement Show on the Compete Network, powered by Clue, the podcast for product marketers and competitive professionals looking to give their companies a competitive advantage. I'm your host, Adam McQueen, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, producer Ben, and we're here for the sixth and final installment of the Compete Week Replays. And for the sixth edition, sixth is a really hard word for me to say, Ben. Sixth, I'm I'm spinning into the mic. I'm popping my peas. It's English is tough. English is a hard language. Yeah, words are hard. Good thing it's not our job. For the final installment of the Compete Week replays, we are joined by Allegra Ingerson, the senior manager of market strategy and competitive insights at Daily Pay, and she touches on a very interesting topic which is how to enable and upskill your more senior sellers a topic we've talked about on the podcast a bit and also internally a lot hey ben yeah yeah i think uh i think often when we talk about competitive enablement when it comes to sellers often we maybe default to onboarding and new sellers that seems like an area um that is obviously important um you you have to you have to be involved in that um but but the question is, especially when there are fewer deals available, how can you help those senior reps close the big deals that they're involved in? And as you know, they're already familiar with your compete content. They maybe have been at the company longer than you have. So I think this presentation uh, that Allegra that Allegra gave is is really clear on what can you do um to to enable your senior reps and give them what they need to win the deal so i'm I'm really glad she touched on this topic yeah it's it's not an easy one for sure like you mentioned that if a seller has been there for years they know they they feel like they know things like the back of the hand and for most cases they do but i mean when we talk about the competitive space things are changing your competitive value props are changing daily weekly monthly all of the above and so really what Allegra talks about is how you kind of become this like consultative partner or peer for these veteran sellers. You're not going to teach them all of these new things. They they know those core principles. They know how to win deals. That's why they've been there so long. That's why they're on these more high, often on the high value, more strategic deals. But what can you, you can provide yourself with almost a tool in the their toolkit to help win these deals more. And so Allegra really kind of dives into some ways that she's actually approached some of the more senior sellers at her company and how she actually works with them is more of this consultative peer-to-peer approach. And she actually learns a ton from them that feeds back into this compete program, which supports all sellers, regardless of tenure, right? Absolutely, Adam. Um it's a great presentation. Um, she really does have uh, some really nice visuals in her presentation. Um, so you're going to get a lot from the audio. Don't get us wrong. Um, but just in case you want to, as always, we'll, we'll make sure to put the video link in the show notes if you want to have uh, give that a look, um, because she's got some really nice sort of charts and diagrams there that I think add to the presentation. So give that a look. Uh, you won't you won't regret it. Absolutely. And so this is the final replay of compete week 2022 which can only mean one thing season three is upon us i cannot wait we have a lot in store for season three we've got some already got some guests lined up we've done a couple of recordings in the bank already so i'm i'm not even just talking on my butt here like we've had some really good conversations already i can tell you folks um expect plenty more win-loss content 
coming up, especially in the month of February, because I'm not sure if you heard, Clue has just acquired Double Check Research recently, the leader in win-loss analysis. And there's going to be a lot of discussions, a lot of content coming up around how to conduct win-loss analysis effectively. How does it work within your compete program and how do the two things combine? Cannot wait to dive into that kind of content to start season three, but for all of the year as well. So very excited. Season three, we're here, Ben. It's fast approaching. And before we do that, let's get into Allegra's final replay from Compete Week 2022. Hi everyone, my name is Allegra Ingerson. I lead the competitive insights team at Daily Pay, and I'm very excited to be at Compete Week to talk about how you can help your veteran sellers skill up and win more competitive deals. Oftentimes, compete programs are centered on ramping up new reps, finding ways to teach them about the competitive landscape and how to approach competitive deals. In standing up the CI program at Daily Pay, however, I had quickly realized that the full value of CI couldn't be unlocked if I didn't have a strong working relationship with the more seasoned reps that had more knowledge and success before the CI program was even introduced. Realizing that, you know, this really would be especially important if your company isn't ramping up new reps every week, right? It'd be great if we could all have our reps start with the CI program on day one, but in actuality, that usually isn't the case. So today I'm going to be walking through um, my own experience establishing that working relationship with those more seasoned reps and some of the tricks um, and initiatives that helped me get there. So just looking back to where I had started, uh, given the fast moving pace of the on-demand pay industry that daily pay sits in, uh, the appreciation for competition and knowing the competitive landscape really was already naturally there. Our reps did want to know the latest and the greatest, and it was essential for them to stay on top of the competition in order to help us stay as the leading player in the space. But what Daily Pay didn't really have was a way to scale this obsession with competition to um, be able to support our own growth plans as a company. Our revenue org was really relying on the people that were providing the CI content, so the experts on the competitive landscape, almost as much, if not more, as the actual content itself. So instead of self-serving, maybe a spreadsheet or a side-by-side, -side, they would send a ping to someone who they knew would have the answer. So when I first came um, at the time, all of the CI information was stored in a single static spreadsheet. And most of it was updated by a few individuals within the product marketing team. And then all of the information was either crowdsourced through the specific uh, competitor Slack channels or through just um, some side research through blogs or websites or anything like that. Both the Slack channels and the spreadsheet were leveraged by the reps at the time. But as I mentioned, there was a heavy reliance on direct messaging the subject matter experts or SMEs to get the answers to their very specific competition questions. Now, if you work in the compete space, I am sure that you are no stranger to those innocent pings that come from team members. They're asking, oh, can you just clarify this feature difference? Or I need help on a competitive talk track. 
And that's all well and good if you're a smaller company. And it worked pretty well when you know we were around 100. But with those high growth plans, this really wasn't sustainable. And as a team of one at the time, it really wasn't something that I could support if I wanted to have a full-blown CI program at Daily Pay. So that brought us to phase one. What were we trying to accomplish right off the bat? So as I mentioned, we were a team of one, and the top priority was really going to find was really about finding ways that I could streamline the process and automate some of the collecting and curating efforts we already had and figure out better ways that we could communicate our intel out so that less messages were coming directly to me or my team asking questions about the competition. In the end, we simply didn't have enough manpower to manage that giant spreadsheet, and I couldn't manage that spreadsheet, start researching a competitor on the web whilst trying to answer those pings on the side. That, that really just wasn't sustainable. So we needed to figure out, you know, what should we really be dedicating our time to as a CI team, and what can we set up to be more self-serve, um, just to save some hours on our side, but also allow us to be uh, more scalable going forward. So internally, we started to really think through, okay, if we're thinking about our full bandwidth, where should it be split up? How much time should we be spending on some more strategic initiatives, versus some that might be a little more tactical, everyday questions. We wanted our CI team, as we continued to build it and add more members, to have clear expectations on where we wanted to plug in throughout our different internal stakeholder groups, especially within our reps and customer service managers. So ultimately, we realized that those more strategic initiatives that needed a custom viewpoint, things like those final sales presentations or maybe proposal support should take up most of our time versus that more evergreen content that can be referenced over and over. Those things could be self-serve. They could be used for things like independent deal prep or internal uh, trainings. So what we ultimately built was this framework, and this is how we initially set some expectations on where we were going to go with our CI program. We wanted to make it clear that we were here to help across all the different CI-related needs, but depending on the caliber of the need and the type of work, it was going to need to be a combination of us having that hands-on support or relying on some of the intel that was already collected in one place that they could then self-serve on their own. So with this in mind, we started to really map out what is our ideal end-to-end -end process. We knew that we already were collecting external data, internal data, and we're trying to create a more centralized location for all of this to be stored. We were in the process of looking for a CI tool to help be that centralized location for as much of this information as we could have in one place. So Clue was what we ultimately decided would be the perfect tool to help us not only collect that information, but also curate it in a very digestible format for all of our reps to access whenever they need it. Ultimately, Clue helped us centralize not only tactical information and more of that like feature comparison type of information, but it also gave us a format that allowed us to build more strategic talk tracks in the battle cards, you know, giving those strategies that would help um, reps in a live head-to-head -head situation against, against a competitor. 
And ultimately, what we were hoping to achieve with Clue was, you know, not only giving that centralized repository, but reducing all of that manual collection and curation effort that had been previously a big burden on the team that was trying to do other things at the same time. Our overall goal for Clue um, in the initial rollout was to figure out how to keep the excitement about it up while still giving the information in a way that was productive for everyone who needed it. I mentioned that we had a legacy spreadsheet that was used as kind of the um, go-to resource on anything related to CI. It was an incredibly wide spreadsheet. Um, we have a lot of competitors in our industry, and we knew that we couldn't realistically create a battle card for every single one of those competitors within Clue. So we decided to have a drip feed approach where we would focus on some of our top tier competitors, get everyone really excited about these new inputs within Clue, and then continue to drip feed new competitors over several months. We trained the entire revenue org on Clue, and we incorporated the training into the onboarding that was done for new team members so that the first week you arrived at Daily Pay as a new rep, you were learning about what Clue could bring um, to your, you know, sales, um, your, your sales playbook and everything that you could do going forward. And we were starting to see a lot of excitement around those, um, uh, among those new reps that were coming in. But what we quickly realized was that while the new reps were trained up and excited about plugging into the CI program, the veteran reps reps had logged into Clue, but had still defaulted to the old resources that had already given them their success. Basically, they appreciated the work that we were doing, but they had their tricks that worked for them, and they didn't see a real reason to change what they were already doing. So that brings us to phase two. So we already had this great tool that we were excited about, but we realized that some people weren't as eager to jump in and make it their one source of truth as some others. So we realized that we needed to start working at eliminating some of those workarounds that some of our more stubborn team members um, were using when they you know, weren't feeling the excitement and everything that could uh, be accomplished by using a new centralized CI repository. So really for us, implementing a CI tool was, was not that one and done situation. I had mentioned before that if everyone was being trained on day one, it probably would have been, but that really wasn't the case for us. And our drip feeding approach, while it was the perfect um, speed for new reps that were starting, because every single month they'd get to learn about a new competitor and, and build their own knowledge base and kind of ramp up as we ramped up Clue, um, this was not nearly as compelling to those who already knew about these competitors, right? A lot of the information in Clue felt redundant to them, and they didn't really want to go through every single asset within Clue to figure out, okay, what's new information? What's old information? How do I navigate through this, this whole new system? They had that baseline competitive knowledge. They had those go-to resources, and when in doubt, they still could ping those subject matter experts to get the answers to their questions. So first, we wanted to address the comparison of what is in Clue versus what we have stored in other repositories in the past. While we did that overall training when we first rolled out Clue, it was a lot for people to uh, absorb all at once, right? I mean, we were asking people to kind of change what they were doing on a day-by-day day and in terms of deal prep. Um, 
all at once. And we realized that we probably needed to do a refresher course, even to make it clear those 10 things that we talked about, you probably remember two of them. Let's go over the other eight one more time. So I met with each team individually to walk through real deal scenarios and talk about how they could have leveraged Clue and this new end-to-end -end process to potentially improve how the deal ended up um, going through. So I chose real examples, um, both a lost deal and a one deal. Both of them had been competitive. I opened up the battle cards and I started walking through all the different components of them and how they could have been used for prep as well as throughout their deal process. I talked about how, you know, with how to spot them, a card we have within our battle card, they could have been able to identify who all was in this deal. What were the competitors that they were really up against? And by, by being able to identify who they were up against, they would then be able to choose the right landmines to use against them instead of just guessing which differentiators that they should talk about. I also talked about how, you know, by being able to know who they're competing against, they're able to better handle the objections that could have been planted by these vendors. How to Handle is another um, card within our battle card, and it's all built on the things we know have been used against us in the market. So it's, again, giving them an opportunity to not have to think on their feet and come up with these answers on the spot but be able to have general guidance on how they could be um, handling the objections that are being brought up. Through these individual meetings, um, it not only got me the visibility with all of the teams and the leadership, which I don't think that general training ever really did, but it also gave me a chance to give a step-by-step -step example of everything Clue was able to do and I left feeling like they finally had a handle on all the little things that they could use Clue for in relation to the actual deals that they were going through. So if you look at that end-to-end -end process that I talked about in the beginning, ultimately we were trying to figure out, okay, how do they get to leverage where we're putting so much time into that curation so the next thing that we wanted to address was that ongoing use of the legacy resources. Like you see in the, the curation box, we did expect them to use a combination of Clue and legacy resources. But those legacy resources were acting like a bit of a crutch for them. It allowed them to continue to function without having to you know, adjust to the new processes that we were trying to implement. As I'd mentioned, we also had way too many competitors that you know, we weren't going to be able to do super deep dives on build battle cards for within a reasonable time in order to get our reps to naturally transition from that giant spreadsheet into Clue. Luckily, because of all of those individual team sessions, we had leadership buy-in in on the value of having a centralized repository, and they liked the idea of having it as a one-stop shop. To be honest, they also really liked the idea of getting as much ROI on the products that we were paying for as well. So we ultimately got leadership buy-in to eliminate all other static spreadsheets. And I mean clean out everything else that we had previously used to store information on our competitors. Ultimately, if they wanted to find out anything about our competition, they were going to have to go into Clue. We also realized that in order for this to be successful, we needed to not just have deep dives that might have been overcomplicating what these seasoned reps needed. 
they didn't necessarily need to know all of the different strategies that we had built out for our top, top tier competitors. They really just wanted to be able to look across the whole competitive landscape and understand, okay, these are the things I already know, these are the things I need to brush up on, and really be able to give a quick glance and identify the new areas um, that we've added since last time they had looked to the repository. So what we ultimately did was we mimicked the look and feel of that spreadsheet right into Clue. We built a board that contained all of our different competitors within one spot split out by the different swim lanes. This ultimately gave the exact look and feel of our spreadsheet, but it allowed them to you know, find the information they needed in one spot, and it gave us the ability to track how they, they were using the tool with all of the reporting capabilities that were available. Ultimately, this eliminated their workarounds, and frankly, it eliminated their excuses. So with Clue now as our centralized piece in our end-to-end -end process, we were able to really you know, boost that engagement and make sure that people were using the resources that we were keeping up to date. And I'm really excited to say that you know, by the eliminating everything else that was being used, we've now been able to achieve over 90% enrollment and month-over-month engagement within all of our revenue teams. So ultimately, while it was a bit of a forcing function to get people in the system, it really made a difference with the ultimate engagement. So now moving on to the final phase, completing that Intel loop. So I had mentioned in the beginning and kind of throughout this conversation that even with our built-out repositories and all of the work we were doing to make sure that there was self-serve information available, there really was still this reliance on, you know, who are the subject matter experts? Who can I ping to get a quick answer so I don't have to search for it on my own? And we realized in somewhat of a related way, the same people who were just picking one-off questions were those really seasoned reps that already had a lot of knowledge that they were sitting on. And they weren't necessarily the ones that were sharing the knowledge and information to help other people among the team, you know, leverage what they know. So we wanted to figure out, you know, is there a way to address the fact that there is a lot of one-off requests that could be answered with a repository, and at the same time try to understand what all are our seasoned reps using when they prep for competitive deals? What is their knowledge base? Is it up to date? And can we incorporate that into what we're trying to build out for all of the teams? A stat I bring up a lot is I believe that only 30% of the intel collected in CI should really be external. The other 70% needs to come from the field. It's the internally collected information that's often the strongest points that we can compete with. Whatever your reps are hearing from a prospect or, or maybe hearing from a new client, you know, that's the stuff that might not be published on a blog or, or published on a website. And those little tidbits of information help us build a good competitive strategy to go to market with. When we're thinking about that 70%, you also want to think about the fact who is feeding into that 70%. If that 70% is only made up of brand new reps, they probably don't have enough knowledge to build out everything you need to know as a CI program in order to make it productive for the entire organization. Those seasoned reps are the ones that have that background information and can take what they're hearing on the field, maybe a slight comment about a pricing change or a new feature that's being rolled out, and they can apply it to their prior knowledge to understand, you know, 
what kind of impact that change would have on how we're positioning against that competitor. So ultimately, if those reps that have been around a little longer are not feeding into the internal Intel collection, you are missing out on a really valuable component of the Intel, and you won't be able to you know, optimize the impact of the CI program you're trying to roll out. So when I think to you know, where we were at that point, I was really happy with the way that we were communicating information out. We had Clue as our one-stop shop. We were leveraging CI Digest to highlight some of the external news we were coming across. And we still had those Slack CI channels where we were crowdsourcing um, some of the information uh, that was either coming from the field or we were hearing from the market. But what we didn't have a whole lot of was information coming the other way. People would comment on Slack posts or maybe share general questions or, or concerns that they were, were seeing um, within their day to day, but it was, it was pretty inconsistent. And we wanted to make sure that, you know, at a certain point, we would only be able to validate what we were having was true and, and um, impactful and helpful if people were responding to the information we were push pushing out as well as supplying you know, their own viewpoint on what was happening in the market. So the big focus was finding out a way to add that air that was going back. How do we get them to communicate the intel back to us so we can create that loop and make sure we are really having that holistic view of what's happening in the competitive land, uh, landscape. So what we kind of realized when we were thinking about how to make this full intel loop is that our main source of collecting intel was those competitor-specific Slack channels. And they were really great, but they weren't necessarily used by everyone. So we started to think through, okay, what kind of environment can we foster to let more types of reps share what they know um, and encourage them to provide guidance on how best to compete or, you know, what successes or failures they had with the strategies they tried before. So with this in mind, um, and something that we've been focusing on in kind of the later stage of the CI program, is these three initiatives that we ultimately rolled out. So the first one is we facilitated competitor-specific meetings that we called SWAT meetings. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And this was a place where reps had open discussions about their recent experiences tied to a specific competitor. They got to talk about their successes and their failures. And we quickly recognized that people weren't going to just raise their hand all the time and join these sessions. So we were handpicking the reps that we knew had competed against these competitors to encourage them to be part of this conversation. Right away, the quality of the intel that we were getting from these meetings was exceptional. They didn't even realize some of the things that they had observed that were super valuable for us. Again, let's use the pricing structure. Maybe there was a caveat to one of the fees or a condition that you know really impacted one way or the other, like how the prospect um, was ultimately gonna use the product. By them just talking out loud about some of the hurdles that came up, we were able to help them you know, pinpoint what was valuable from the discussion and store it you know, for future use going forward so they knew how to handle those exact same conversations. Every single one of these meetings, we would build out that SWAP framework and communicate it back through all of our available channels, primarily through SAC, 
so that anyone who didn't attend this meeting could still get those insights specific to that competitor. The next one is we had monthly learning sessions on PCI topics with an office hours type dynamic. Fostering an environment of, you know, yeah, I've seen that too, or I've kind of heard differently. Those are the kind of things that really helped challenge my team into thinking, okay, do we have the most up-to-date intel? And is there a way that we can frame this a little differently to have a higher impact? Yes, we were hoping for the same with having everything in Clue. We told everyone, log into Clue, see if everything we have there resonates. If there are anything, is there anything that doesn't match your understanding, let us know. People were not necessarily always letting us know if something didn't match their understanding. And by us voicing over content and having this more open dynamic, we were able to get a lot more pressure testing and feedback on you know, how this didn't match with what they were necessarily seeing when they were trying to sell. The final one is we implemented a more formalized win-loss process. Our reps were already going into their CRM after a deal closed and giving general closed notes and reasons why they thought the deal won um, or lost. What we realized was a lot of the information they were capturing didn't necessarily give us what we needed to learn in order to figure out what is helping us win and what is helping us lose. We wanted to add a little more purpose to what the reps were entering instead of it just being a step that they had um, along their CRM journey. So we started thinking through what were the main categories that we wanted to focus on, um, you know, what were the main win reasons and loss reasons that we believe has an impact on the final decision, and how can we store that and feed that into anything we store from an Intel perspective. Ultimately, we were able to tie that data and to feed into those why we win cards within Clue, exactly the reasons why we were winning and, and capturing in our CRM is the reason why you know we'd win and list that on a battle card within Clue. We wanted it to be that full loop. On the other side, if we were unsuccessful and we lost a deal, we wanted, we wanted to understand why and how that feed into our objection handling. So if that same um, point got raised to us in the future, we might have a higher chance of winning the deal. By incorporating this, we really were able to create an Intel loop that went both ways. We still are communicating a lot of information out to our internal stakeholders, but on the flip side, we're getting a lot of information fed back to us as well. And because there's more information going both ways and we're able to confirm you know, what is still accurate, what is still impactful, we've created more insights that actually impact a wider array of stakeholders within the company too. At first, sales and customer success was really our main stakeholders that we worked with. But through this process, we've realized that we're able to give and gain a lot of value from working with other stakeholders like product marketing, product, um, or even the executive leadership team as well. So looking back at where we started, I realized that, you know, scaling up those legacy and seasoned reps was not just about getting them to embrace the concept of CI. They were actually pretty eager to learn about the competition and figure out ways that would help them win. I mean, after all, that's their job. But what it was really about was getting them to embrace being a key part of the entire CI process. And that's where this phase approach really helped, um, you know, address that issue within daily pay. I really appreciate the time today, and I'm looking forward to answering any questions you might have.
The best sellers are the ones who show up as their authentic selves, and everyone needs a little help getting from here to there. I'm Jody Geiger, Revenue Enablement Leader at Clue and host of the Winning as Women podcast on the Compete Network. On Winning as Women, we're talking to the best sellers, leaders, coaches to learn the tools they use to get themselves and their organizations from here to there. Spoiler alert, there are no shortcuts from here to there. Becoming better sellers and a more authentic version of ourselves, it's a journey. A journey that almost always encounters a few hiccups and speed bumps, maybe even bruises along the way. And if you didn't guess it from the title, yeah, the guests, they're mostly women. Why? Well, because it's mostly men giving advice on how to coach and lead revenue teams today. We know that representation matters, and we want that next generation to only know a world where selling, leading, and driving organizations forward is done equally by all people. So join us for season two of the Winning as Women podcast on the Compete Network, powered by Clue.